Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. Hey, I love you guys. I thank God for you. Man, I'm so glad you're in my life. I know you're awesome, and I know uh, you're going through a difficult time. I'm going through a difficult time. Our whole country is wrapped up in a challenging, difficult time where we need God's help, God's hope, and God's healing. God has called Central uh, to be an all-inclusive church, and so there are white people listening to me and people of color, African-American people and Hispanic people and Asian-American people. This is a church where we embrace inclusively all kinds of people, all colors of people, all cultures of people. And uh, this is a, a church where we have police officers and protesters. And um, I love the police officers in our church. Uh, I don't know every police officer in town, but the police I know who come to this church are, are good people. They love Jesus, um, and, and I love them. And the protesters um, who've been lifting up their voice to make their voice heard uh, against racial uh, injustice. Um, I love those guys in our church. They love me. We both love Jesus, and I am proud of them. I'm proud of the stand they're taking. I know them. I don't know every protester in town, but I know the ones in our church. And they are precious to me and they love Jesus. I think one of the most important things that we can do as we look for the heart of God and his healing for our own hearts and for the heart of our nation is to pray. And so I'm going to ask that uh, you bow your head. Now, this is a way of humbling yourself before God, letting go of your own opinion. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as you bow your head. You close your eyes so you can look into your own heart and let go of your own perspective so you can get the opinion and the perspective of God. Let's bow and pray together. Our Father, I want to thank you for what you've done at Central Christian. I want to praise you, Lord, that you are only and always Good. I thank you for the, all, all the kinds of people, all the colors of people, all the cultures of people that you bring here. And we get to worship together and love Jesus together. I thank you for every white person, every African-American person, every Haitian person, every Hispanic person, every uh, Asian-American person. Lord, and I, I, I thank you and I call down your goodness on the police officers in this church as they join you in your ministry of protection and as they live out their call to protect and serve. And Lord, I call down your goodness on every uh, protester in this church who raising their voices uh, against racial injustice. And Lord, they're joining you in your ministry of protest. For Psalm 103 says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all those who are opposed. And so we join you in your work, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Since you're listening to me, I'm guessing 
that you are either a Christ follower or you're interested in checking out the claims of Jesus. And so as a result, you want to do the right thing. You want to do the right thing in the midst of this mess that we're in uh, in our country. And as a result, I want to help you do the right thing, which is to find the heart of God, to find the heart of God. And often to find God's heart, we have to let go of our opinions, our personal perspective, our line of thought. And so I'm going to ask you to do that. If you could just do me this favor, just for 20 minutes or so, lay down your own opinions, whatever they are. Let go of your own perspective to get the opinion, to find the perspective of God. And maybe you've been wanting to give voice to how you feel. I'm going to ask you to silence your own voice for 20 minutes or so to hear the voice of God. So let me just begin by giving you God's opinion. We find it unmistakably clearly in his word. God has revealed his grace. That's Jesus, capital G, grace. Jesus came full of grace. That's an indescribable, undeserved gift that we receive for everyone, every kind of person, every color person, every culture of person. God has revealed. It's been done. It's set in stone. God has revealed his grace, Jesus, to save the whole human race. You matter to God. Every single person matters to God. God has never met anyone. He does not love. Jesus has never looked into the eye of anyone. He was unwilling to die on the cross for, to pay for their sins. God is about extending his love, his grace to every single person of every single Right, that's God's opinion. I want to ask you, are you willing to lay down your opinion to embrace the opinion of God? You see, Jesus died to put racism to death at the foot of the cross. Whatever your politics, whatever your opinion. That was a big deal part of why Jesus came and was willing to die to put racism to death. In fact, whichever way you fall on the continuum of, uh, of justice and injustice, are you willing to put your opinions and your perspective to death? Listen to the perspective of God. The Lord, our God, does not tolerate. He hates. He does not tolerate for a moment perverted justice, partiality, or taking of bribes. Now, the taking of bribes... That's corruption. God hates corruption. God doesn't tolerate corruption. Partiality, that comes from an old English word that means prejudice, to prejudge. God doesn't tolerate it when we judge a person before we even know them. Doesn't tolerate it when we judge a person based on their out, outer appearance. Doesn't tolerate it when... We make prejudgments based on how much money we think a person has or how much education a person has. God does not tolerate prejudice or prejudgment. And then it says that God does not tolerate perverted justice. Perverted justice is injustice. The heart of God is that everyone is treated fairly and equally all the time. 
Jesus died for everyone, the just for the unjust. I mean, it was the most unjust thing that ever happened because Jesus was innocent, knew no sin, did no sin, but gave his life sacrificially to pay for the injustice of others. So we have a God who's very serious about the issue going on in our country right now. And his heart is no tolerance for injustice, corruption, or prejudging, partiality. Um, in fact, this is such serious business for me. Um, I've had to stop. And I mean, for decades, our church has, has initiated efforts to tear down racial walls. And this has been on my heart uh, from the very time I came uh, to this community. But even after all these years, I have to do some deep work on the inside, do a gut check. Is there any residual prejudice in me? And so I pray the word of God. I, I pray the scripture, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. I never want to be knocked off that path to everlasting life. I want to I want to know anything. I want God to show me anything that would distract me from the path into everlasting life. No, we all need God's help, not just David, you need God's help because there are so many different aspects and dimensions of racial prejudice within each of us. So let me just show you how this works and it's not a pretty picture. The very worst kind of racial prejudice is a person who is a racist. They hate another race. Almost as bad as that is someone who's a bigot. They belittle, threaten, bully members of another race. Again, equally as bad as racism and bigotry is insensitivity a willingness in me or a willingness in you to say hurtful things or do hurtful things uh, to others. The, in fact, the, the path of Jesus is that even if we are hurt, we absorb the hurt and, and we refuse to strike back. And, and then there's this, can be this level of apathy. Here a race, there a race, everywhere a race, race, who cares, whatever. You just don't give a rep. And then um, maybe there is a level of care, but you're unwilling. You, you're, you're, you refuse to get out of your own comfort zone to reach out to people who look differently than you. But then if you give your life to Christ, uh, his compassion begins to fill your heart and you want to do, you, you want to do acts of kindness to, to, to people uh, of another race. And then when you grow beyond just giving your life to Christ, to saying that you're a Christ follower, you become a peacemaker. You intentionally and strategically leverage your life to build bridges into lives of others of a different race. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And he will always, he is always attempting, he's drawing us, he's wooing us, he's challenging us, he's provoking us to be peace 
makers so that we regularly in our lives seek for opportunities to build bridges into the lives of others that look different than us. Um, and maybe you say, David, th th this all sounds real nice in a, in a church service. These words are kind of warm and fuzzy. I want to tell you something. At Central Christian, we, we are devoted to being all-inclusive and, and standing against racial prejudice, not because it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. It is God's will to be all-inclusive. And you may say, well, again, that sounds pretty good in church. But in the real world, you don't know how me and mine have been hurt by cops, how me and mine have been hurt by white people, how me and mine have, have been hurt by black people, how me and mine have been hurt by Hispanics. Well, I want to, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to introduce you to someone who, who has felt just like you. He, he grew up um, from his mama's knee, having it drilled into his soul that all races but his are the wrong race. He was taught racism from the time he could learn anything. And particularly, he was taught to hate the law authorities of, of his day. And, 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 and they were despicable. I mean, they, they could force you to carry their gear, their gear for them. They could whip you. They could push you around. They could, they could beat you bloody. They, they could crucify you. Uh, Peter, that's how he grew up. And he had probably seen hundreds of crucifixions in his growing up. Crosses just lining the road. And so he grew up believing that his race, Jewish people, were the right race and the only race, and every other race, non-Jews, were the wrong race. And he hated them. And he hated the law authorities of his day, Roman soldiers. You see, Peter, he grew up in an oppressed country of, of Israel. It was oppressed by the Romans, and Roman soldiers were the legal authority of the day, and they were not nice people in any way. Now... There were good Roman soldiers, but for the most part, those guys ran roughshod over God's people, and God's people hated them. And so that was the deep felt beliefs of Peter until God spoke to his heart and revealed the truth that God hates racial prejudice. And when Peter's story unfolds in the Word of God, Acts chapter 10, uh, as the curtain is pulled back, he is not the main character. The spotlight doesn't fall on him. Center stage is a man named Cornelius. We know four things from Acts 10 about Cornelius. Number one, most important thing in his life, he loved God. Number two, he prayed multiple times during the day. Number three, he was generous out of his finances. And number four, he was not Jewish. In fact, he was a Roman soldier. And so one day he's praying. And as he prays, he is visited by an angel of God, a messenger from God. And the angel says, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers. God has seen your generosity. 
Isn't that remarkable? There's a connection between our prayers being heard, our prayers being answered, and our generosity. And the angel goes on to say, get up, send a team of men to get Peter. He's at Simon the Tanner's house, just 30 miles up the road in Joppa. Bam, just like that, the angel's gone. Bam, just like that, Cornelius gets up off his knees, puts together a team of men, including a Roman soldier, and sends them to get Peter and bring him back. Now the next day, they arrive in Joppa about noon. And about noon, Peter thinks he's starving to death. But dinner isn't about ready. So he decides to go outside to pray. He uses an outdoor staircase, goes up to the flat roof of the house where he's staying, and there he intends to pray. But this is what happens. Peter fell into a trance. He he saw the sky open and something like a, a large sheet let down by its four corners. Four is a huge number in the Bible. It means it encompasses the whole earth, north, south, east, west. So this is talking about everything being consumed in this sheet. In the sheet, there were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds, and a voice, capital V, voice. God said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter says, no way, Lord. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure, unclean. And the voice spoke again. It reverberated and thundered in Peter's heart. Do not call something unclean if God made it. And God made it clean. This was repeated three times. And the number three is a big deal number in the Bible. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again and again and again. God repeated this optic lesson and said to Peter, don't you dare call something unclean that God has made. Well, at that exact moment, trance is over. There's these guys, this team sent from Cornelius, knocking on the gate of Simon the Tanner's house. And at that moment, as these guys are saying, hey, we're looking for Peter, The Holy Spirit says to Peter, the Holy Spirit speaks to Peter, men have come looking for you. They look different than you. They're not your race. One's a Roman soldier. Men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, I have sent them. And and, and so Peter goes. He, He is perplexed. But the vision God has given him again and again and again, and even on his road the next day, walking with him, he's lost in his own thoughts with this team, this Roman soldier. He is puzzled over what God is doing. When he arrives at the home of Cornelius, he is warmly, graciously welcomed. But uh, uh, this is uh, incredibly irregular. He is way, Peter is way out of his comfort zone, willing to to build a bridge for the Lord into the lives of those who are racially different than him. Here's what happens. Peter says, "This this, this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit and chill with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than another. And Peter then fairly exploded with the good news. It's God's own truth. 
Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do what He says, the door is open to you. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good, healing all, healing all who were oppressed, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. As a result, because Jesus loved everybody and did good to everybody and helped all those who were oppressed, they killed him. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised Jesus to life on the third day. It was a huge, huge, huge wow moment. Um, everybody, every person in the house of Cornelius was baptized and received Christ that day. Um, three times God made it clear to Peter um, that Jesus died to put racial prejudice to death at the foot of the cross three times God drilled into Peter's soul do not call something clean if God made it clean I in my imagination I see from that one word that one phrase I, I believe as Peter walked to Cornelius's home he became aware that God hates racial prejudice because racial prejudice disrespects God's work his work of creation and every work to good in this world. Scripture says that from one man, Adam, God created all races of people. It's God who created race. God loves diversity. He didn't make people to be clones of one another, everybody to look like, and I'm sure you're glad that not everybody looks like me. But God loves Races and all races, and heaven will be filled with all races. God created that diversity. The racial prejudice, Peter learned also, disrespects God's wisdom. It was the wisdom of God that put all races at work. And why? That our hearts would turn toward Jesus. Listen to the word of God. God's wisdom is, first of all, pure, it's right. It's on target. It is also peaceful, gentle, friendly. It is full of compassion. So when you're at the compassion level, you're using the wisdom of God, full of compassion and produces a harvest of good deeds. And here's how you know you have wisdom. You are free from prejudice and prejudging. And number three, Racial prejudice not only does disrespect the work of God and the wisdom of God, it disrespects the will of God. The brother of Jesus, James, writes this way, you do the right thing if you love your neighbor. And Jesus said, you know who your neighbor is? Your neighbor's a person of a different race. You do the right thing when you love your neighbor as yourself. But if you treat people according to their outward appearance, you are guilty of sin. So that racism is not a, a skin problem, it's a, a sin problem. In fact, a serious sin. The brother of Jesus, uh, the James, and the Apostle Paul, here's what the Apostle Paul says, writing to a church in a multi-ethnic city, Rome, he writes this way, Why do you judge? Why do you threaten others with contempt? 
For we all will stand before God's judgment seat. Everyone. And here's what it'll be like. Every thought, every attitude, every perspective, every inward thing will be exposed to God. Scripture says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everyone, everything uncovered, laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must all give an account. So, you know, maybe you've listened to this talk and you still think about those times when you've uh, suffered at the hands of another person. Um, may, maybe you're a police officer and you feel like you've been treated unfairly and unjustly, or maybe uh, you're an African-American and you feel like you've been treated unjustly and unkindly, or, or, or maybe you're a protester, or maybe you're a white person, or maybe you're a Hispanic, Asian-American. You feel like you've been treated unfairly and unkindly. I want to say to you, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for any part person I ever had in that. But I, my sympathy can't heal you or help you. I want to point you to Jesus, his work on the cross, his victory over the grave. That's where the healing can happen. You have no control over other people and what they do. But your acceptance of Jesus, your embrace of Jesus, your being consumed with Jesus changes everything in your heart and potentially in the heart of others. So we're going to enter a time of communion right now. For me, it's a time of repentance. I want to look back over my life and say, God, um, I'm not going to be that way anymore. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to hold that perspective, that opinion anymore. I'm sorry. That's not your heart. I'm going to find your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. You are my victor. You, you were raised from the dead. Um, maybe there are people you need to forgive. You, you don't even know their names. You just remember the look on their face when they... They hurt you or said hurtful things to you. And so you, you need the blood of Christ applied to your heart to forgive those people. So we're going to take the Lord's Supper right now together. When you eat the bread with your mind on the suffering of Jesus in your behalf, he comes and takes up residence in you. And so I'm going to ask you to take the bread now. Maybe it's a cracker or a chip. Um, for Jesus took the bread, he broke it and blessed it, said, take and eat, all of you, in remembrance of me. Let's pray a prayer of remembrance. Lord Jesus, as we take this bread, as we consume the body of Christ, please consume us. Help us to find the heart of God. Search our hearts, test our anxious thoughts, see if there's any wicked way in us, Lord, and lead us in the way of everlasting life. And then the cup. If we'll all take the cup now. Jesus, bless the cup said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And so I, anything that you've thought wrong, done wrong, as you drink the juice, as it fills you on the inside, you are fully and freely forgiven. Let me pray over you. Father, we accept your forgiveness now as we take the cup and drink this juice that represents the poured out body of blood of Christ, poured out for the forgiveness of our sins to make us one to make us all-inclusive, to make us love like you love and care like you care. Have your compassion. Be peacemakers. As you've made peace with us, help us to leverage our lives to make peace with others of different races. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. I thank God for you. And uh, we'll keep following Jesus. It's in his name. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com 
or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.